our dear friends and, and missionaries that we support on a monthly basis, Kurt and Debbie Holthus. Uh, what a blessing they are. What a blessing they are to the kingdom of God. And Kurt will be heading out tomorrow, I believe, to head down to Haiti to bring medicine uh, to those affected by the last thing that hit. I mean, it's like, wow. Anyway, he's going to share about that, I'm sure. But uh, would you welcome with me, Kurt? Or Debbie, are you coming? You just Kurt. Kurt Holthus. Love you, Good morning, everyone. Wow, what a joy it is to be here at Power Place again. Um, this is probably one of our favorite places to come across the nation as we travel every fall throughout the United States, preaching and talking to people about what God is doing with Hope International in the Dominican Republic. Um, I don't say this often because I'm, I, I can't say it often, honestly, but I can tell you this, is that there are few people in my life that I hold in such high esteem as I do your pastor and his wife. You're blessed. You're blessed. I travel all over the nation. I preach in churches of five to 5,000, and uh, you have an incredible uh, captain at the helm of your ship, and uh, you should remind yourself of that every day. And... Uh, Give thanks to God. Listen, thank you so much once again for allowing us to come. I'm going to show just a short video. Some of you don't know what we do in the Dominican Republic. We do medical missions in the Dominican Republic. Well, it's just not medical. It's evangelism. It's construction. It's children's ministry. It's a pastor's conference. There's all of these things wrapped up together, all these elements working. And, and some people say, well, what in the world do I need? I'm not a medical professional. I can't come on your trip. Yes, you can. If you're living and breathing, you are qualified. Seriously, we have kids from four years old. Listen, last year, what, five years old last year? Five years old, handing out candy, suckers to all the children that came through the clinic and saw a doctor. It, I mean, there's something for everyone to do and to get involved in missions. So 70% of our team needs to be non-medical to facilitate the medical side. So each and every one of you is qualified to do exactly what we're going to show you right now. You go ahead and run that clip, guys. Was. Mr. Kurt Holbus, and this is my wife Debbie. And if you will just give us the next few moments of your time, we would like to share with you a story of hope. Welcome to the Dominican Republic, where we with our teams of doctors, nurses, pastors, and volunteers are bringing help, hope, and healing to hurting humanity here. Why the Dominican Republic? Because we saw the need and God called us to meet it. We have now made over 40 trips to the Dominican Republic, and we have gained the uncommon favor of the government and the leaders of this nation. For 10 years, we have brought medical teams to the North Shore of the Dominican Republic, where we have fallen in love with the people. They have captured our hearts. And we have treated over 36,500 Dominicans. 
with over $50 million of donated medical supplies, including medicine, wheelchairs, walkers, hospital beds, EKG machines, and so much more. Our eye care team has examined and fitted thousands of nationals with eyeglasses, and our dental team has treated thousands more, cleaning and pulling teeth and supplying them with the first toothbrush and toothpaste some have ever owned. During our short-term missions trips, we have conducted pastors' conferences, pouring into the lives of more than 10,000 national pastors and leaders, further equipping them for the ministry to which God has called them to. Hope International Construction Teams have built over 10 playgrounds for the children of the Dominican Republic. They've built churches and schools, but there is just so much more that needs to be done. Our efforts have not only been in the Dominican Republic. When Hurricane Katrina raised ashore in the United States, Governor Kathleen Blanco extended to us a personal invitation, and Hope International Ministries was there, establishing six emergency clinics in the Jefferson Parish of New Orleans, treating 19,000 people over 11 and a half weeks. When Hurricane Sandy ravaged the northeast coast of our country, Hope International was there, providing medicine and support, enabling that region to begin the recovery rebuilding process that continues today. When the devastating earthquake hit Haiti, Hope International focused our humanitarian efforts there, responding immediately to the worst national disaster in history. We took over 50 medical professionals and volunteers on three different trips to Haiti, where we were honored to work alongside our U.S. military, where our team treated thousands of patients. Hope International is not just about meeting the physical needs of individuals, but also about meeting their spiritual needs. Everyone that passes through our clinics receives a powerful touch from God. We have witnessed so many miracles, and more than 14,000 men, women, and children have given their hearts to Jesus Christ and have been grafted into the local village churches. We have a passion about what we do. Therefore, we're asking you to partner together with us for these ongoing trips to the Dominican Republic and answering the call that God has placed upon our lives. Now, here's how you can partner together with Hope International Ministries. Support the ministry financially on a monthly basis so that we can run this ministry and have the flexibility to respond to emergencies like Haiti and Katrina at a moment's notice. Provide donations of finances and supplies. We still have a pressing need to purchase more trucks and we want to continue with the ministry projects that we have started on the North Shore of the Dominican Republic. And of course, become a team member. We need medical professionals, pastors, construction workers, and youth for evangelism each year. Join us for a trip to the Dominican Republic, and I promise you, your life will be changed forever. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, before I forget, please pray for us. I will be leaving um, in, uh, we leave today to drive back down to Fort Myers, Florida, drop my wife off, the motor coach off, dump everything out of my suitcase, fill up three suitcases with medicine for the Dominican, or for, actually for Haiti. And on the 8th, I fly to the Dominican Republic. We go into Haiti. We'll be in Haiti for six days. We've got enough medicine to treat 50,000 people. Um, who, who, who have contracted cholera. Cholera is a very deadly disease. Four hours after the symptoms arise, that person is dead without treatment. 
it is a plague that is just ravaging that area of Haiti after Hurricane Matthew has gone through. Also, the North Shore of the Dominican Republic over the last four weeks has gotten just torrential downpours, um, floods throughout the city. We're talking about flash floods where hundreds of people have died. These are friends of ours. So please be praying with us because we're going, this is what we do. We respond to disasters around the world and spe specifically right in our backyard on the island of Hispaniola, the Dominican Republic. So be praying for us. This last year, our 2016 team uh, came from uh, 223 team members from five different countries, 16 different states, and 54 individual churches across the United States. And we experienced the, the strength of unity and diversity together as uh, we joined together with God's help, we accomplished the following in the Dominican Republic. And God told me, he said, he said you know what, this year's an election year, you've got a problem on your hands. I said, oh yeah, I know I got a problem on my hands because my team is from all different backgrounds, all different beliefs, and uh, unity was going to be the issue. How many of you understand without unity you don't have strength? Amen. There's no strength without unity. God said, without the unity, you'll have no miracles. You'll have no, no manifestation of my power. So I had to address our team at the very beginning of our, our trip concerning that. And our team responded, and they had perfect unity. They never talked about politics at all. Can you believe that? that that's a miracle, folks. And it was phenomenal. We held five mobile clinics in different villages, examined and treated 2,461 patients, prescribed over 6,000 prescriptions and filled them, and put eyeglasses on 13 patient, or 513 patients. Um, we conducted a pastor's conference pouring into the lives of 340 national pastors, a pastor's wives conference, it's the second one that we've done. 350 women were in that. I provided every pastor with John Bevere's book, Good or God in Spanish. Distributed 4,000 Bibles. Held services in 10 Spanish churches. Distributed $1.3 million in adult and children clothing, flip-flops, hygiene bag, packets, children's toys to all of our patients. Distributed $8.7 million in donated medicine to the people of the Dominican Republic, provided $1.4 million of medicine to Trinity Assembly of God Clinic in Santo Domingo that we supported, solely supported for seven years now, distributed $1 million of donated medicine to the Optical Surgical Hospital in Santo Domingo. These hospitals are there, they got nothing though. They've got nothing to do them. Our construction team did an extreme church makeover at Pastor Robert and Judy's church under the direction of Builder Bob. <laughs> Now, I don't know who that is. I really don't know who that would be, but, you know, he did it. New cement floor, service panel, wiring, bathroom, water pump system, new doors, roof, and so much more. It was amazing. And countless lives were saved from certain death this year by our team in our clinics because our team showed up in that village. It was amazing, and awesome things happened to our team members as well. In fact, 13 of our team members gave their lives to Jesus Christ, 19 rededicated their lives to the Lord, six were called into full-time ministry, and 59 of our team members were baptized in water. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Miracles of healing took place. A man who was lame and in a wheelchair for 15 years had never walked, never stood on his own in 15 years. Nothing that we could do. Everybody saw him come in. You know, that's the cool thing. 
Everybody that's on the team sees these miracles happen. They see this guy coming in in a wheelchair. He can't walk. He's crippled. They pray for him. He stands up. He walks on his own, leaves his wheelchair behind and walks home. That's the power of God. Same thing happened to a lady who had been walking with a walker for years. She couldn't walk without a walker. She left her walker, her walker there, said, give it to somebody else, and she walked home. People in the community then, they're like, what in the world is going on over there? And they wanted to come and find out what we were doing to these people who were sick to make them well. We weren't doing anything, but Jesus was doing a whole lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So that's what it's all about, friends. Incredible thing. So we invite you to come. The best thing that I could tell you, even people were healed. The deaf were healed. The blind, they saw. We saw miracles every day. And we've got a lot of this on our videotape, too, of the miracles actually happening before our very eyes. But the best part of it is that 700 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Come on. That's what it's all about. So we want to invite you to join us this next year in the Dominican Republic. Some great things are happening, and we want you to be a part of that. We're going to start construction on the City of Hope this year. Come on. Uh, the orphanage is already paid for. We've already got $200,000 to build that. Can you say praise the Lord? That's all right. That's good stuff. Um, we are closing on 26 acres of property the 1st of March. Right next to the International Airport, right on the main thoroughfare, this is a multi-million dollar piece of property that is already provided for by people here in the United States. Can you say praise the Lord? That's incredible. We've been working for this for 15 years, and it's happening now. Um, we still have to build the, the, raise the money for the school and for the ambulatory surgical center, 70,000 square foot. But I kind of believe that if God can do these other miracles, amen. he can make this happen too. Can you say amen? amen? And we want you to be a part of it. There's, there's information on our table in the foyer. And also Landon will be given lead to anybody that wants to join that team for 2017, June 19th through the 27th. 2017, we invite you to come. We'd love to have you on that trip. Um, who likes coffee? Anybody like, look at you. You raised your hand first. That is pure Dominican gold. That is Dominican coffee. Starbucks hates us because it's so good, and we carry it. Um, I brought 700 pounds back with me from the Dominican Republic this year. You should have seen me going through customs. And... Uh, We've only got maybe 20 or 25 pounds of, of, of bean left, and so you can purchase it in the foyer. That helps us out tremendously with what we do as we travel across the United States. Are you ready for the word? I, I, I have to do all this other stuff to share with you, but I really want to get to the word. I want you to look at John 10.10 10 this morning. John 10.10. 10. This is where we're beginning this morning. Believing that God is going to allow us to walk in the promise of John 10.10 10, this year, 2017. Can you say amen? amen? This is what it says, John 10.10. 10. Why don't you go ahead and put it up. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How many of you want the abundant life in your life? That's what I want. I want the abundant life. Listen, a person can have a lot of good things in their life. 
You know, the, you, you can have the job that you've always wanted. You can make the money that you always thought you needed to make, friends. But if your family isn't right, if your home is full of contention, strife, and stress, then, my friend, you are not living the John 10.10 life yet. You see, we need to learn about grace. We need to learn about faith, love, mercy. We need to learn about end times prophecy and prayer and prosperity. But listen, friends, what I've come to see in the churches that I've gone to throughout the United States and around the world, and as I hear the struggles that pastors are encountering in their churches, I'm convinced that we do not give enough time to teaching on how to do family right in this nation. You see, the church is comprised of families. If our families are weak, so goes the church. If the church is weak, so goes our nation. Think about it. If families are weak, then the church is weak. And if the church is weak, then missions, the evangelization of the world suffers as well. Advancing the kingdom suffers. It's a domino effect, friends, and it all begins with the family. Say it all begins with the family. Turn to somebody and say it's time to get family right. You see, the blessings, the anointings, the favor of God is held up when we don't have family right, both in the spiritual realm as well as in the natural realm. You see, because the John 10.10 promise, friends, will not come as fully, will not be as fruitful as it could be if we were doing family right. Look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. I want you to see something here. Here God made a promise to Abram. I love this. He says, now the Lord has said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in you say in you. That's that's the key phrase in you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. God says to Abram and in thee, in you, Abram. Not around thee, not upon thee, but in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What was God saying here? God was saying this, Abram, there is something up inside of you, locked up in you, Abram, that can free families, that can deliver families, that can structure and set up families right and bless families. It's there. And when it comes to full manifestation, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now listen, friends, a careful study of this book, the Bible, will reveal that that which was locked up in Abram was a seed, a seed, which we know was Christ. And when Jesus came and walked the earth, he died and rose again from the dead. All the families of the earth were blessed by all that Jesus appropriated for us on the cross of Calvary. Somebody shout amen. And then in Galatians 3.29, we were reminded of this. If we are in Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See the connection, friends? This is so amazing, friends, because within Abraham was the seed, the big S, Christ. And then there were all these other seeds, you and me. Can you see it, friends? Can you see it? You guys are called to be blessed, but not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. 
Follow me here. It doesn't matter if you came from an unchurched background like I did. It doesn't matter if you came from a family that wasn't all that great like me. It doesn't matter how dysfunctional your family was like mine. I admit to all of these things. What matters is right now, locked up inside of you, resides the blessings that God spoke over Abram, that you are blessed and you are called to be a blessing. And today, you are the example in all the earth of how family is supposed to get done. That's right. You can go to college. You can get educated. You can become a nuclear physicist. You can become an expert in physiology, psychology, medicine, and economics. But there is one thing that man cannot teach you, and that's how to get family right. And this is why. Because families are a God design. Families are a God plan. Families are a God arrangement. He started it. He anointed it. And he's the only one who can keep it. Now, just look around you. This world doesn't understand how to get family right. Just look around. Outside of him, it is literally impossible to get family right. Sure, the world has come up with some good ideas. They've, they've written some books that, 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 that touch on it. But they are incomplete and they fall disastrously short, friends, because only God can teach us how to get family right. And, 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 and one way that he does this is through your example. Now think of this. You are God's example of how to get family right. Because in you is the potential for this whole world outside of these four walls today to see how it's supposed to get done. Look at Psalm 68, verse 5. I want you to understand that you are not called to do this alone. You are not called to do this alone. God set up, listen, we've been trying for years to do this. You, we've been trying for years to do this alone outside of the church and the world has disastrously failed. God set up people, families, both in the natural and the spiritual to help you do family. And if like in my case, the natural fails you like it did, then God has provided for us spiritual families that he's put us in place to specifically help you. That's another reason, friends, why you need to be connected to the church. Huh? Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, because the church is the family of God, because there are no homeless people in the kingdom of God. God has a home for you. He has a set place for you that he has prepared right here in this house for you. Can you say amen? amen? Secondly, if you're taking notes, that set place is an environment ordained by God. To do what? To assist you in your spiritual growth in a way that is specific to your destiny path, fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. You see, as family, we have to go through some things. Think about it. Do you ever have to go through things in your family? You may not have grown up in a good family. You may not have enjoyed your natural family. But the one thing that I can tell you this morning without 
question and without wavering is that you are in a good one right now, right here in this house. Can you say amen? Now, there are a lot of parallels between the natural family and the spiritual family that we really need to recognize as we continue on here. The scripture talks to us and talks to us about us being the household of God, of us being the household of faith. And God wants us to see that those two work in parallel with each other, recognizing that how a successful household should operate in the spiritual also works in the natural realm. One thing that's clear is we don't get to pick family. Exactly. We don't get to pick our natural family. And we don't get to pick our spiritual family either. Huh? Yeah, we do. You might think you get to pick your spiritual family. But you don't. You just got lucky and came into the right house. Because God brought you here. I remember people used to come to my church, Pastor Greg, and they used to say, you know what? We've driven by this building so many times, and God told us to go, and we did not want to come here. That's a real encouragement to a pastor's heart, you know? <laughs> but we finally came here, and we found a home. We found a family. That's what I'm talking about. I know some believers that I'd rather not be in relationship with. <laughs> oh, you too. Listen, you need to understand, friends, that even God has a plan in putting us in relationship with those people, too. If you're looking for the right situation where you'll be in great relationship with everybody that's around you that you worship with, listen, friends, you might as well forget it and wait until you get to heaven, if you get there. Think about it. Everyone has a relative they don't want to admit is their relative. Y'all just came through Thanksgiving. You probably had Thanksgiving dinner with them. You just don't want to be in... It's like everybody's got an Uncle Eddie. You know what? Maybe we should open up the floor and take stories right now of what happened with your Uncle Eddie. No, we won't do that. But see, here's the key. God has a purpose for that relative being in your family as well. I want you to get this statement that I'm going to share with you. I didn't put this in notes, but uh, in, in a PowerPoint, but I want you to understand this. To know your rights is to accept your role. And to fulfill your responsibilities in the family is to understand that you have a responsibility to this house. You have responsibilities to the house of God. You see, somebody here right now is waiting for you to be what you're supposed to be to them. I've heard some people in churches, they come to me after I, I, I preach there, and they think that they can tell me all the problems with the church, and I can get it right with the pastor so that they'll be happy when I leave. Did you get all that? They tell me the music is too loud. I don't like the worship. The pastor won't do things the way I believe they should be done. And it's probably the reason why they aren't the pastor. <laughs> I'm not getting fed. Please don't ever say that to me about this house. 
Because I'll flat out tell you it's your own fault. And these people in rebellion, they'll sit in their church and they'll have their arms folded and they'll never enter into worship with an attitude on their face and they'll complain that they don't feel the Spirit of God and that they never receive anything from God in those services. Wow. Golly, I'm shocked. You see, if this is you this morning, I don't want you to be mad. But I do have a word for you. This church doesn't evolve around you. Now, your pastor didn't say this. I did. So, so vent all your anger towards me, because after this service, I'm leaving town, buddy. I'm out of here. See, I'm gone. And pastor could tell you, yeah, I didn't know he was going to say that. I'm really sorry. Really, here's the thing. Somebody here today is waiting for you to go to them and introduce yourself to them and to be a friend to them. Somebody here today is waiting for you to get to know them and to find out that you have some common interests and experience and objectives and visions in life. Somebody here today is waiting for you to help them, to stand with them, to kneel with them in prayer, to encourage them. Somebody is waiting for you. You see this thing about family, it's not all about us, it's about the family. Somebody's waiting for you to be a true brother or sister to them in the household of God. This is what it says in Psalm 68, verse 5. A father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God set the solitarian families. God has set has a set place for you, friends, a seat in his house just for you, to help you. The message says God makes homes for the homeless. He brings, those, he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. I kind of like that. The message says it this way. God leads prisoners to freedom, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Here are God's seven promises to the family members of the household of God. We've got time for this. Good. If you're taking notes, number one is to provide provision for you. Provision. This is one of God's, there's, there's more than these. This is just seven of them. God says, I'll provide for you. God will provide. God will make sure that this is just what you need in this house. When you're in the right house, you'll get just what you need. You still may not pick it. You may not like it all the time. I don't always like what I eat all the time, but my wife forces it down. I mean, my wife puts it before me, <laughs> says it's good for you, but it's still provision. Hello, can you say amen? amen? It's just for you, and God provided it for you in this house. Number two, he promises to protect you. Say protect. God has you protected in his house. Isn't that cool? Not only from that which seeks to harm you from the outside, but also to protect you from yourself. What? 
listen to what I'm about to say here. Most of the damage we experience in life is from that which we do to ourselves. That which we do to ourselves through self-inflict destructive behaviors from disobeying God's words and ways and the other members of the family are specifically designed to make sure we don't hurt ourselves. How, how do, how do, what do you mean? Well, this is what I'm trying to say. As new parents, we did everything we could to protect our children from being harmed. I put cabinet locks on all my cabinet doors. Why? Because my wife made me. <laughs> 40 years this year. Is that good? Yeah. Because I do what she tells me to. <laughs> my wife, now as a grandma, makes me put sticky foam on every sharp corner of every area of our house to protect my grandchildren. I have a redwood table, a redwood root table in my living room. My wife calls it the table of death because <laughs> it has so many sharp corners on it. She didn't allow me to put sticky foam on the corners. She made me take it out of the house. We do everything we can to try to protect our children and our grandchildren from getting hurt. Listen, the shepherd of this house, Pastor Greg, goes to great lengths to teach you the word to protect you from ourselves because there are some things we ought not to be messing with. Number three, to prepare you. God promises to prepare you in this house. For life and ministry as you submit yourself to the sound doctrine that is preached and taught in this house. Number four, to provoke you. Say provoke you. God promises to provoke you. Huh? What? Yes. There are people in the house of God who are designed, anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost specifically to annoy you. Don't look at that person next to you. <laughs> they are filled with the Holy Ghost. They are specifically, specifically anointed to annoy you and to challenge you and to provoke you to do what you're supposed to be doing for God. And they are designed with a hypodermic word that will get under your skin and irritate your life until you are obedient to God's word. And only then will the rash go away. Have you ever known someone like that? Some of you are saying, you're that guy right now. <laughs> How about to propel you? God promises to propel you. To give you the power you need to fulfill God's calling in your life. It's the truth. Let me go down to number six, a prayer covering. The family is a prayer covering. A family prays for you like no one else can pray for you. You see, no televangelist that you send your money to, author or parachurch ministry, can pray for you like your family can pray for you. You see, your family cares for you. A televangelist doesn't even know who you are. You're just a number on the giving roster. 
Your family knows you. Your family can pray for you in truth, what you need rather than what you want. The layman at the gate beautiful asked Peter and John for silver and gold, which he, he, they, he really needed at that time, but it would only have met a temporal need, friends. Peter and John gave him exactly what he needed. He said, rise up and walk. People in the family are designed to pray for you what you really need, what you, not what you're wanting, but what you really need. You see, most children don't think about the future. They don't. Children don't think about the future. I mean, you go to a kindergartner and say, what are you going to do when you graduate from college? They're like, who are you and what planet are you from? Most children don't think about their future. Most are only concerned about the present moment. And the same is true today in, with God's kids in his house. God's kids champion their current goals while failing to see the long-term consequences of ignoring God's words and ways for their life. Let me say that one more time because this is really something that you need to digest. God's children champion our current goals and we fail to see the long-term consequences of ignoring God's word and ways for our life. Number seven, a privilege. God promises you that it'll be a privilege to be in his house. It's a privilege and an honor to be a part of a family. Man, I thought I'd get more than that. Let me, I, I, I clearly need to take you to the Dominican Republic with me. You see, I can think of our orphan kids in the Dominican Republic who would love to have a family, love to be disciplined and learn how to do life, how to live a godly life from a father and a mother who could hold them and hug them every night and pray over them. Think about it, friends. It's a privilege to know that you're flanked on each side of you in this house with people who will worship with you, who will believe with you, who will, who will join in prayer with you and fight the powers of darkness for you on your behalf. Amen. Psalm 68 says this in the message version, 68.6, God leads prisoners to freedom, but the rebellious dry, dwell in a dry land. You see, God has designed the family to help you come out of things. Think about it. You may be thinking, well, I don't have anything to come out of. Oh, really? You must be a member of the pride family. You say, yeah, you'll get it sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> because the Bible says that we're all shaped in iniquity. In other words, we arrived here, we were born here with issues. A sinful nature that carries all kinds of actions and attitudes, if not addressed in our lives, will ultimately destroy us. And God gave us the family to help us see those issues and to introduce you to the only one that can deliver you from them, and his name is Jesus. You know, those issues are really cute when they're small. Um, ma'am, can you, ma'am, you have a baby in your arms. Can I bother you for a second? Could you just stand up and show everybody that cute little baby? I'm telling you what, these children are the most, they are precious, and when you become a grandparent, grandparent world is a place that you want to live in forever. You never want to leave. It's great. But you know what? These little ones, 
can develop attitudes. Now, when they're small like that, they, and, you know, they get a little bit bigger and they learn the word no. They really don't know what it means, but they know whenever you, they say no to you, you laugh, at least as a grandparent I do. Because <laughs> I send my grandchildren back home with their parents. They deal with it. Kids are amazing. My grandson is six years old, okay? He says the craziest things. I was telling Greg and Christy yesterday, my, my, son, my grandson, six years old, getting on the plane with his mama a couple weeks ago to fly to Detroit. And, and his, his daddy died when he, just before he was three years old. So I'm like his daddy and his poppy, okay? I'm all of it, okay? So, and I love doing that. And the thing is that Frankie, he, they were at the airport, six years old, getting on the plane with mom to fly to Detroit where we were, and she gets out of the car, and she looks in the mirror, and she, sa she sees her hair is all messed up, and she says, Frankie, does mommy really look bad? How is mommy's hair? And he looked up and said, well, mommy, you're not going to find me a daddy looking like that. <laughs> Where'd he get that? <laughs> Kids say things when they're small. The things that they learn when they're young, if you don't deal with them, they grow. A sin nature that carries all kinds of actions and attitude that, if not addressed in our lives, will ultimately destroy us. And God gave us the family to help us with those issues, friends. You know, a toddler is cute when he says no for the first time, but when he becomes 12 years old and 6 foot 2, he ain't so cute anymore. Listen, smart families cut the flesh off early. They don't let sin grow big and out of control. It's even tougher when parents enable flesh or sin to grow in their kids' lives. Listen, parents, if you want to throw something at me, throw it at me now. Because when you raise your children making excuses for them when they are little and do everything for them, and then as they grow older, bankroll their ungodly behaviors and then rescuing them from the situations they have caused for themselves, you are enabling the flesh to grow and to flourish in your child, children's life. And it will eventually destroy them. And then you'll go, God, why did you let this happen to my child? And God will remind you that you are the one you have to thank. I recently talked to a parent whose daughter's in college, and she had lost about 10 pounds that week, 12 pounds that week, because she went more than a week without eating any food. Mm -hmm. Why didn't her parents come to her aid? This is why. Because she went out with the money that she was given to buy groceries. She went out and bought a new pair of jeans instead of buying food for herself. And the consequences, she didn't eat for a week, she lost weight, and now her new jeans don't fit. <laughs> she learned how to prioritize because daddy didn't rescue her. 
The family is here to help you come out of things, not enable you. The family is here to help you cut off the flesh, come out of sin. Isaiah, where are you? Will you come here for a sec, wherever you are? Everybody knows Isaiah. What time does service get over? 12 o'clock? Good, I'm on time. Now, the family is designed to help you so you don't end up carrying all that flesh with you your entire life. Now, I can do this. It's not a problem. I can carry around all this flesh. I may even enjoy it for a while, short while. But the bottom line is this flesh is sin. And sin is ugly. Everybody say, sin is ugly. That's it. You need to go on a diet, bro. <laughs> I, I am on a diet. Yeah. Oh, work it, brother. Work <laughs> it. Here's the thing. Carrying all this flesh around with you all your life, you can't get to where God wants to take you. Here's something else. You can't move as fast as you used to. It's not because I'm old. It's because I still got all this garbage on my back. This sin, this flesh. I love you, Isaiah. I love you, too. And the other thing is, you can't get there as quickly. You can't endure for as long as you used to be. Steps. I should say, and you, I mean, seriously, I'm 61 years old, Let's but if out. I've been carrying all this garbage on my back for the last, oh my goodness, <laughs> 61 years, I'd be in bad shape. Give sin a hand today. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. You don't have the stamina to run. Why did I do this? I did this so that you could see. <laughs> my mind said, you can do this. My body said, you're an idiot. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that as tired as I am physically right now, that's what happens to you spiritually. And we try to figure out what did we do wrong? We've tithed our entire life. We've been in church every Sunday. But we just held on to some sin that's been growing into something so large that it's taken me down. Listen, friends. Somebody say, get the flesh off. That's right. Turn to your other partner next to you and say, get the flesh off. Here it is. We become captive to our own flesh when we don't listen to the word and the family God surrounded us with. Family is important. When we refuse to listen to the family, when we refuse to get the flesh off, things happen. I was a kid who thought he knew all about it. 
My teachers couldn't teach me anything in high school. My family couldn't teach me anything. So I just figured, they're stupid and I'm smart. You probably don't know any teenagers like that, do you? <laughs> Think they got all the answers? I was that teenager, thought he had all the answers. Can you give me a few more moments here to finish up today? Yeah. I know I've taken my liberty here. So this smart Alec kid that thought he knew everything quit school at the beginning of my junior year in high school and stole a car. Stole that car, and it was just before I quit school. And I was so smart that I drove the stolen car to school. <laughs> World's dumbest criminals, you know. Brand new. Camaro, 73 Camaro, red, stick shift. Never drew, drove a stick shift before in my life. But I did, and the car only had 93 miles on it, I think. I was only breaking into the car to steal the eight-track deck. Does that tell you how long ago that was? <laughs> and it wasn't my fault the guy left the keys in it, okay? So instead of stealing the eight-track deck to sell so I could buy drugs because I was doing a lot of drugs at the time, I stole the, the car, and I ended up getting caught. I'm standing before the judge, and the judge says, do you, do you understand what you've done, young man? I said, yes, sir. He says, do you have anything to say for yourself? I said, yes, I do. I said, uh, I'm looking into going into the military, but if I have a felony, I can't go into the military, so I'm asking the court to have mercy. The owner of the car stood up and said, if he goes into the military, I'll drop charges. The judge looked at me and said, I hope you understand the gift that this man is making available to you right now, young man. And if you are not enlisted and in one of our armed forces within the next 90 days, we will reinstitute charges and you will go to jail for a very long time. Man, I went down, I made sure I got everything right, and I went into the Air Force guaranteed law enforcement. I stole the car, get it? <laughs> so I was guarding B-52s with nuclear weapons, and I had nothing to do at a very remote Air Force base up in Marquette, Michigan. And I started doing more drugs, more drugs. I got hooked on acid, doing 50 to 60 hits acid a week. I weigh about 200 pounds right now. When I got court-martialed from the Air Force, my wife can tell you, we have my uniform that I was court-martialed in. I can't get it up any farther than this, because I weighed a little bit over 95 pounds. Because when you're doing meds like that, when you're doing uh, chemicals like that, you don't eat. You just don't, and you waste away, and that's where I was. I got court-martialed, and I remember John Kipper told me, he said, Kurt, he said, if you ever get into trouble, he was this guy that was always telling me about Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I couldn't stand him telling me about Jesus, 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 Jesus. But the thing is, is that he was my best friend. I liked him other than all this Jesus stuff. We go out hunting together. We go out fishing together. We hung out together. And it would have been great if he wouldn't have just all this Jesus. But so he told me, he says, Kurt, if you ever get into trouble, call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And I thought, I'm facing 20 years in Leavenworth. If ever I needed saving, it was now. So outside that courtroom, while they were deciding what was going to happen with my life, I said, Jesus, 
if you save me, I'll serve you all the days of my life. I had no clue what I was committing to. <laughs> but they got done with the court-martial, and my court-martial turned into somebody else's, and I got an honorable discharge, full benefits. And another guy went to jail for 20 years. And so I came home, honorable discharge, full benefits, and I found my, my girlfriend sleeping with another man. Not, not my wife, not, my, not her. <laughs> not her! I was so distraught and I had no money left. I, I slipped my wrist, tried to kill myself. Man, I was a mess, friends. And I called John Kipper and I said, John, can you loan me some money? He said, I'll tell you what, if you'll come to church tonight, I'll give you some money. Or no, this morning. So I went that morning to church and I walked in there, high as could be. I dropped a couple of hits of acid because I knew those people were crazy. They sang songs off the wall like you all did today. <laughs> they clapped. Some of them jumped around and danced, and I thought, this is going to be a trip because I'm really, really messed up, and I'm just going to go and laugh at the preacher. And uh, that's what I did. And as soon as I walked into the foyer of that church, my high was completely gone. Gone. And I went, Whoa. Sat down, I listened to Pastor Louis Calloway preach the word of God with truth and clarity. It was incredible. And I thought, wow, this is nuts. And as I walked out of that place, John gave me five dollars. You know, five bucks. He was cheap back then, he's still cheap today. <laughs> he's on my board of directors for our ministry. So I, I left and I started to go into withdrawal. And so I dropped a couple extra hits of acid so I could just be normal. I was so intrigued that I came back the next week all by myself. Wasn't invited. Nobody said they'd give me money. I just came back on my own. I said, I'm going to do this all over again. Got high, came into the church. My high was completely gone as I came into the foyer. I went in and I sat down. Pastor Callaway preached. And I, and, and I walked out of that place so confused. I, I was in tears when I walked out of that church and I was having a fight with a God that I didn't even know if he really existed. I did it a third time. I walked into that church all high. Everything happened the same way. Sat down next to John. Now I'm sitting next to John and my high is completely gone. And I'm like, this, I'm trying to figure this out in my mind as this guy's up here preaching. And suddenly he stops in the middle of his service. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He stopped in the middle of his service. He, didn't, he wasn't controlled by any kind of, you know, anything. He, just, he said, you know what? God has just told me that there's someone in this place that's hooked on drugs. And if you'll ask Jesus Christ into your life and come down to this altar, Jesus will save you, he will set you free, and your life will never be the same. And you know what I thought? He could be talking to anybody. <laughs> John Kipper was sitting right next to me, and John reached over and put his hand on my thigh. That got my attention. And I looked at John, and John had tears coming down his face. Nobody knew my addiction, not even my girlfriend. 
Nobody knew. And he said, Kurt, God just told me that you're the one Pastor Calloway is talking about. And if you'll go forward, I'll go with you. I didn't need John to go with me. I got up and I ran to that altar November 10th, 1974. And my life has never been the same. Now, I don't know where you are. I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ that night. They invited me over to Adolf. John invited me over to his dad's house. His dad, German, Adolf Kipper. <laughs> Most godly man I've ever met in my life. I showed up at the front door. He opened the door and he said, what do you want, Kurt? I said, well, John said I could come over. Yeah, I heard something happened at church today with you. What happened? I said, well, I gave my life to Jesus. He opened the door and he said, this I got to see. All that to say this, my parents had no Christian background, but Adolf and John and those incredible people at Troy Assembly of God, they were my family. And when you do family right, people like Kurt Holthus come to Christ. I don't know what would have happened to me if they hadn't done family right. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're here and, and you love the Lord, do family right. Do family right in your home. Do family right in this house. Do family right by your pastor. Do family right by your heavenly father. But if you're here this morning and you're struggling with doing family right, I'm not going to leave this place until I can pray for you. Some of you are struggling. There's, there's, listen, God gave me this word for you. Last night I vacillated, should I do this, should I do this? But God gave me this word for you months ago. And so... There's got to be a reason. If you're struggling with doing family right and you want prayer this morning, simple as that. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet if that's you. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. or Man, they should be standing with you. Don't worry about it. We're part of the same family. We care about each other. So if you're struggling with doing family right, on the count of three, I'd like you to stand to your feet. One, two, three, wherever you are. Wherever you are. Now, let me ask you this. If you're here this morning and you need, you need to renew your, your relationship with God or you need to make a commitment 
to serve him the rest of your life. Hey, everything that I did before that day that I ran to that altar, Jesus Christ, man, he took an eraser and it was gone, wiped out. He'll never throw that in my face. People may do that, but my God will never do that. He gave me a brand new start. Yes. And so now this drug addict that was court-martialed from the Air Force has been honored to meet with presidents and kings and leaders of nations. And it's only because he did something in my life that took the old and it's all wiped away and gave me a whole brand new beginning. If this morning you want a new beginning, I'd like you to stand on the count of three. Don't think about it. Just do it. One, two, three. If you want a new beginning in your life. Yes, yes. Some others. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. We're going to pray right now. Everybody together. Let's everyone stand. Will you all stand with me, please? Everybody pray together with me. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, from this day forward, we're going to do family right. We're going to do family right at home. We're going to do family right in this house. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of all my sins. I leave the old behind. And I leave it in your hands. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. My life is yours. Thank you, Jesus for dying for me from this day forward. I'm going to live for you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, I, I, there's a whole lot more to that message. Someday I'll come back and give you chapter two but right now we're dealing with chapter one and it's going to be the most incredible Christmas that you've ever experienced because you've taken that first step with chapter one and getting family right you guys are awesome you have amazing pastors and the future there is no limit to what God wants to do in your life God bless you Merry Christmas